You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Previously on Keep It. We are coming up on 100 episodes next week, and we've had too many without a permanent third co-host. It's been a while. Yeah. I think we're ready for her to join the show. I'm going to give her a call. All right. Zap it up. Hello? This is John. Is this Fav? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. What happened there? (laughs) I accidentally called John Favreau. Well, you poisoned this podcast with his voice. Well, I am disgusted. I'm going to call the real co-host. Go buy another snapback and pair of sweats for John Lovett, John Favreau. Hello? Aida. Aida Osmond. Hi, is this Ira? It is Ira and Lewis. Hey, Aida, do you want to be our permanent (gasps) co-host? Of course. Are you kidding me? Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Great. And we're back. All new Keep It. The all new Keep It Mysteries. That's right. By the way, I'm not over the way you said previously on Keep It. It really sent me back to ER. (laughs) Where I think... It was either Juliana Margulies or Sherry Stringfield who said it every week. I can't confirm it was one or the other. Juliana Margulies and her wigs. Yes. Yeah. And her constant, I'm sure I've said this before, Juliana Margulies constantly looks like she has the worst headache. Just, just like <laughs> the pain of her. I have to keep a list of shows I need to watch now so I understand what the, you guys are talking about. And oh, ER, ER is going on there? Only like maybe the first four seasons. Okay. Yeah. It's fair, on noted. Hulu. Got it. Yeah. I think even Linda Cardellini would be like, just give my time. <laughs> <laughs> You could like jump all the way to the end though too, where like uh, Angela Bassett was on ER. Right? Yeah. The, the I last, totally forgot. The last yeah, I don't few seasons miss. of ER have the randomest as fuck people who are just like in it. Is Sally Field near the end, or is she more in the middle? Sally Field's on before more Tierney. Oh, of course. Joins yes. ER. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people who do headache acting very well, <laughs> more Tierney. Uh Aida, yes. This is like your first episode. Yeah, my first official one as a co-host. This is crazy. I know. Excuse the, me, wild. The streets were ready. They were waiting. Yeah, just pounding on the pavement. People, baby girls here. People in Instagram being like, "I knew it was going to be her." That's exciting. Thank you guys. I didn't know that was going to happen. I got a lot of DMs too. Did you? I got a lot of DMs. Oh my god! And I'm like, it's not my decision, y'all. Tell them. <laughs> like, you think? Oh, before I can hire before myself? you joined, people were like, yeah, they were like, I really, really hope you're the new co-host. And I was like, that's really sweet, but I can't hire myself. <laughs> to be fair, you can hire yourself. That's, and that's true. how I got keep it. <laughs> I'm, I marched in the crooked, and I said, I own 51 percent of crooked media. And they were like, that's a lie, and you're a crazy person. <laughs> Did you get any advice? Like, just avoid Ira's accents. If Lewis brings up, you know, a lot of people Carly had, Simon, just just blink and look away. A lot of people had to explain to me the John Favreau sort of beef. Oh, like sure. Like the jokey beef because I didn't quite get it. Well, it's, the not, seri- a, it's not a joke. The serious beef is what you car. should really know. Yeah, he tried to kill me with his car. That's noted. Yeah, this, allegedly. They said, "Be yourself. Be loud." That's what I'm going to do. So, 
Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys so much. I actually hate it when Ira is himself. So don't take that advice, please. But okay. I, Aida, you should do that. Got you. I'm, I'm never myself. <gasps> Noted. <laughs> Terrifying, Ira. Uh, this is going to be such an exciting episode. We have so much to talk about. Good. We actually don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> so we'll make it up as we go. <laughs> it's the hundredth episode. Yes, yeah, the hundredth episode. We're 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 fuck it. We're doing it live. This is not live. This is not live. Uh, <laughs> it's not live. Anyway, I suppose we should get this show started. Oh, yeah. All right. This is going to be an exciting episode. We are first going to get to know our new co-host Aida. Then we will be joined by Shea Serrano, who is back on the show to talk about his new book, movies, and other things. And then we're going to get to my list of top 10 things in white excellence. We'll be right back. Hello, Louie and Ira. It's Kathy Griffin. Or is it Lewis and Ira? Or is it Lewis and Ira? Look, congratulations on 100 episodes of your, I don't, is it a, like a, what is it? A pod radio show? Is it like a public access TV? I don't know. I've been on it. I know that. And 100 episodes is great. So I got Lara Trump to jump out of a cake. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> well, she can't be a car model forever. Congratulations. Lara Trump is an underrated reference. Isn't it? Like, Tiffany is where we usually go when, yeah. we, when we're talking about that, but Lara Trump, I rarely think about her. I love Lara Trump. She's the one who always goes on Fox defending her man. That's, and she's the one who's married to Eric Trump, correct? Yeah, she's like been the one who's tasked with defending the family the most. Right, right secretly, which yeah. is really strange. Uh, Kathy Griffin remains one of my heroes, by the way. It was great when we had her on the show. Nobody talks faster, by the way. And when you're in a room with her, I hosted a Q&A with her for the recent documentary she did. I mean, she is dropping references faster than like a song on Animaniacs. I mean, it's just really, <laughs> really crazy. <laughs> Uh, that was adorable. Anyway, yes, it is 100 episodes, and I feel like people have gotten to know us, Lewis, over 100 episodes. D- to their detriment, yes. Yeah, so should we get to know Aida? A little bit. All right, I'm prepared. I mean, how do you feel about the song Little Bit by 50 Cent? How does it go? Sing a little bit. Maybe all is just a need is a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. a little bit of this, a little, little bit. bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely don't remember it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It sounds like a good song. He was a person for a time who was like a. There, there are these people like Mark Wahlberg who definitely, like, they were definitely the hottest person alive to me at some uh-huh. point. And then I never think about that anymore. Like, 50, 50 Cent was? feels like a relic. I would say he was. Just also, that was kind of like a brand new body in pop culture to True. be that ripped. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I heard him was on a remix to Work It. And I said, Who is this? And then he became who he was. And right. then sold vitamin water for two decades. Yes. And now he publicly feuds with Lala from and Vanderpump everyone, Rules. Yeah. <laughs> My first 50 Cent song was Candy Shop. Oh, sure. Mm. Yep. With Olivia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Who's right. Olivia? Her. Did she have a career? She was a candy shopstress. And <laughs> I don't know much kid. else. Yeah. yeah, so we have some real questions for Good. you. I'm though. excited. Not just me going off on a 50 Cent tangent because you said one word. That sounded like a song. Can I start with my first question? Go ahead. So you are extremely funny. Sure. <laughs> Your Twitter makes me laugh. And, like, it makes me gag. Like, it's like wild oh, wow. funny. <laughs> Thanks. Why are you funny? 
I'm from Nebraska, so I'm like a, a black girl from Nebraska who was raised Muslim, and my family is East African, and I could never really find my community, so I turned to the internet to like forge a community, and a lot of what I enjoyed was comedy accounts. So I kind of fell into comedy, which is like, oh, I feel seen here. I can say wild things and, you know, hide behind a different identity. So I really, I just enjoyed that. I envy that. The community I found on the internet when I was young was BuffyGuy.com. That explains so much of your personality. <laughs> just talking in Buffy the Vampire Slayer forums. Right, and you became who you are, right? Yeah, well, and then I wrote Buffy fanfic. Oh, did you? Did you ever write slash fic? Once. Yeah. Once. I remember before the gay conversation with my parents, before them finding anything like porn on my computer, my mom found a Buffy Giles like shipping, shipping, like slash fic. And it was, I don't know, it was was just like about Buffy having sex with Giles. And I think it was like, it was like parental goddess, whatever, written at the top. Whatever it was, she found it and was like, what? Are you reading? That sort of is worse than porn. Because it's like it's extremely revealing. It's very yeah. intimate. Yeah. yeah. You put a lot more effort into that. Than... I know. Yeah. I didn't write it. Yeah. But, but like you... I was reading it and it, it accidentally bookmarked. And she was like, what is this? I remember I looked up like how to give blowjobs on Cosmopolitan.com and mm. then went to go play outside but left the browser open. Oh my god! Oh, so, my, wow. so my mom just like walked in on my sexual awakenings, and I was definitely too young to even be googling that. But you know the crippling fear you have as a child, like I'm not gonna know what to do. So yeah, thank you, Cosmopolitan.com, for making me the masterful blowjob <laughs> giver that I probably am now. You learned it all right then. Yeah. The early days of my internet use are blurry to me. I really just remember coming up with 100 different Madonna-based AIM screen names. What? Like I needed a different one. Well, do you know what it is? It's because whatever you date, I, I, you know, I was dating somebody in a clandestine way, and then we would fight, and then I'd be blocked, and then you have to get another screen name so that you can find him. So anyway, it all comes down to stalking. <laughs> I had a daily soap opera on AIM. What? Do you, oh, as in your away message? In my away message, I called it Six Sentence Soap, and it was basically a Days of Our Lives based on everyone from my high school. Wow. Wait, you literally wrote about real people. With fake names. Yeah. Oh. Does this predate Gossip Girl, too? Yes. That is really crazy. Because there was a serial killer storyline in Days of Our Lives, I had a serial killer in my soap opera called The Bay City Shooter. I don't know how I was not hauled in to prison. (laughs) Yeah. Also, you're obsessed with soap operas in a way, it's like Nurse Betty level. I'm worried. (laughs) And you still are. Okay, anyway, I had a back to question for you. I know. In a minute. A minor Zellweger hit. Yeah. A minor Chris Rock jam. Yeah. All right. My question question. You're from Nebraska, but you also moved to LA from New York. Yes. How long did you live in New York? Only about four or five months. Four or five months? Yeah. Oh my God. I was going to ask you like real, like, New Yorker questions. I like, went out a from lot. The streets so of New York. My ears are to the streets of New York. Especially, I was staying up in the Bronx for a long time, so mm. I got a lot of a lot of culture up there, and then moved down to Brooklyn. So I've been kind of all over the place. What's your favorite pizza place? I don't York? eat pizza. You don't eat pizza? No, because I don't eat dairy because I'm lactose intolerant, lactose sensitive. Can we get rid of her? I know. Say, I know. I feel betrayed. <laughs> I know. I am from Milwaukee. All I do is eat cheese. I try. I mean, I really want to. Mm. I, all I want is to eat pizza, but every time it just gives me bubble guts, and then I can't hang out. I can't do anything. So Moving on. 
What's your next question, Lewis? All right, here's a question I have for you. Hit me. Um, what are your biggest pop culture blind spots? Definitely like old traditional Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, like the older movies of the past. I remember I really wanted to watch Casablanca. Casablanca? Is that how it's pronounced? Both are acceptable. All those mm-hmm. movies that, you know, are from back in the day that are cute and traditional. I've never seen any of those. I want to go back and watch those horror films. Terrified. I had to go. I'm going back now and like delving into horror films because I'm a scaredy cat. What I, I know what I'm like very well versed in music. I know yeah. a lot about music and comedy, especially stand up, but movies and television shows I need to watch more. Actually that seamlessly blends into my next question, which is who do you find hilarious? Who do, who do you find, find like dependable? Hilarious. You two? You guys? <laughs> Consistently hilarious. I'm on the fence about us, but go ahead. That's fair. <laughs> Especially uh, comedians. I do love Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Even though he's been recently questionable and maybe kind of fading in his topical knowledge of how to move, you know, but he's he's still very funny to me. Ali Wong. Love Ali Wong. Love Ali Wong. Love a good HPV joke, something reckless, <laughs> something wild. Dion Cole, very funny. All of mine are stand-ups. They're going to just be stand-ups. Um... And then above all, Wanda Sykes. I wish there were more like black lesbian performers who are open about everything, but she's... she's Only Kevin Hart. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only Kevin. What's the most embarrassing song that you really love to listen to? Great question. A large majority of the songs I listen to are very embarrassing because I, st- I still like, um, like old One Direction. One Direction's not that old, but One Direction definitely, because I had that, that was my boy band. Old One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> I would just choke to them. <laughs> One Direction. Um, I'm still listening to like Little Things and the, the you know, remember that? Um, remember that song? By who? By One Direction. Oh, yes. 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 Um, you know what my favorite One Direction song is? Night Changes? Yeah. How does that go? You um, do not want me to sing. But yeah, I know how it goes in my head. I'm yeah. just, just how fast the night changes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I go to a Rise and Shine place when I sing, so watch out for that. <laughs> Is it Night Changes, the one with the video where you can't see the woman, but they're at dinner with One Direction? Yeah. Is it the one where it's your POV yes, and your the, POV. you get to date all the boys? Yeah, yeah I definitely remember that because the yeah. dinner scene has Zane and he was my favorite because he was the one of color. He was the direction, the One Direction boy of color, and he's he also got, shockingly gorgeous. He's beautiful, and I wanted to release another album because yeah. Pillow Talk was an amazing song. It, it, that album was full of Lunesta bops, though. <laughs> like it, it, it is an album of bops that will put you to sleep. Sleepy, sleepy time it, songs. <laughs> he sounded tired. Yeah, he. Does Definitely wanted that like Usher kind of sound, but muted. It just, I don't know. Harry Styles is thriving though. Harry Styles is probably one of the most popular pop stars that mm-hmm. we have now. He, I enjoy his new video. Are you a fan of that, Ira? The new Harry Styles? I love that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that big of a fan of Harry's first album really, but mm-hmm. I like the direction of this and that video is scintillating. Yeah. Oh, you you get to be queer. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, it was like watching Silk Stockings. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Now that's something Ayata should be introduced to. The naughtiness of the USA Network. Fancy. Iggy Azalea. Don't like that I like Iggy Azalea. I don't like her that much. Except for she's dating Playboy Cardi, so I have reason to like her. But Also, I think people have forgotten that when that song came out, pretty much everybody liked it. Oh, yeah. It was... Did Wait, did Lizzo beat Fancy? Did that happen yet? The Truth Hurts song? It tied. Sad. Sorry, Lizzo. Not a full sleigh, yes. Yeah. Half sleigh. You know what Lizzo could do? Release any song from her latest album as a single. Oh. Remember that album? Yeah. Right. Yeah. These songs are all secretly very old. Truth Hurts, 
got more play because it was in Someone Great. Yeah. You know, starring a Hollywood's favorite actress. Who was in that? Niggas give me heebie jeebies. Oh, Gina. Well, <laughs> you can't spell niggas without Gina. So, <laughs> Wow. You're like the Riddler. Listen, yeah. The only anagram I'll ever do is... Are you being cast in the Batman? Yeah. <laughs> but wow. Um, yeah, Truth Hurts. I remember it was, when I was in college, it was really, really popular. All the white girls loved it. They so, still love it. They still love it. Yeah. Our white producer, Caroline, just nodding her head over there. She loves it. Caroline, you like it's, that song? Truth Hurts is her life cereal. She's Mikey. Oh, just eating it up. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> Did you eat cereal as a kid? Kicks. Kicks, Kicks, Kicks. was okay. like, I think oh, every too. child's intro into cereal was Kicks. Maybe I'm making that up. No. Kicks was great because Kicks was a blend of not completely sugary, but it still tasted yeah. good. Yeah. Mind you, I would I sugared my cereal like Oh, you put sugar in your like, cereal? Like like Mary Poppins on a bender. Just like dousing it. Something was the matter with Listen, I, I eat a I lived in a very nigga household. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. First of all, uh Roy Wood Jr. just had a joke recently at a stand up set I saw mm-hmm. uh about how <laughs> Kool-Aid, basically, like, we got black people to just, like, drink city water with sugar. Yeah. Because, like, you dumped sugar My in it. My mom used to make Kool-Aid then, so much. And then I remember cereal also. Like, if your mom got the cornflakes instead of the Frosted Flakes because you were supposed to be eating better, mm-hmm. didn't matter because you dumped sugar on top yes. of the Frosted Flakes. I guess I put honey in my cereal a lot. I was huge honey honey head. That is sophisticated. Yeah, no. I mean, I was I was a weird kid. Were you a white my... woman on the go? Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> granola. I was six eating granola. I don't like uh, sugary cereals. Mm. Except for Captain Crunch. Captain, ooh, Fruity Pebbles. Captain that was... Crunch is that girl. Yeah. Peanut Butter shit. Crunch did what it had to do. I am, I am a fan. Uh, I. What about the berry? I love the berry crunch. Didn't love Berry Crunch that much, but I love Booberry, mm. which I the told Halloween yes, edition. Yes. I told my trainer that I wanted Booberry for Halloween because it's one of my favorite cereals, yeah. and he said, "Your treat meal." No, <gasps> he, he said, "I'm allowed." He meal. said, "I'm allowed to have it on Halloween," and that's it. That's good. I was a cinnamon toast crunch person. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, I still dabble in cereal like a honey bunches of oats, but truly, I've, I've abandoned it most. I'll fuck yeah. up a bowl of Wheaties too. I've never I had Wheaties, not one time. Brand really? cereal is delicious. Raisin wow. Bran is the perfect. Raisin Bran I can do. Light raisin. Why do you hate athletes? Say, that's right. It's it's me and my grudge against Mary Lou Rutten speaking out. <laughs> you don't want to be a champion. Right. No, is that never. It? <laughs> if anybody is anti-champion, it's me. Uh, I think our listeners know a little bit more about you now, Aida. Too much, actually. So Thank you for sharing what you did. Never we, too much. Worry. We will Luther use it Vandross. against you. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that song. His first single. Mm-hmm. Heard of Luther? Yes, that 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 one I know. I'm that kidding. one I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see the keep it phone, and it looks like we have another voicemail. Ooh, let's hear it. Ira Lewis, it's Adam Scott. I'm just dropping in to say uh, congratulations on your 100th episode, which is a really big deal. So I went back here, and as a celebration slash anthropological study, I just wanted to listen to episode one. Uh, and, and you know what? You guys were always great. Oh. Uh, which as a fan is comforting, but as a fellow show business person, it was infuriating. Good. (laughs) Um, can't wait for the next hundred. You guys rule. Bye-bye. Wow. I love upsetting him. 
Of course. Adam Scott being mad, it's kind of cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has a real foreboding voice over the phone, though. Wow, I was a little scared for us. I think he can kill people. I think so, he, too. He has killed. I was worried on Big Little Lies that he was going to be a serial killer. Then it turned out he just wanted to improve his marriage. <laughs> anyway. The first season definitely played him like a red herring. Yeah, right. Skulking around the kitchen, looking like he was about to murder the daughter. Right, with his like zip-up whatevers he wore. Also, he's been in so many things that I feel like you never know what someone is going to recognize him from. Right. No, he's secretly in everything. Why yeah. wouldn't you hire him? He's dependable. Dependable and wants his death. There you are. <laughs> we'll be right back. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand... That was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus. Get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday... And French fries are a food group where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and... How I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire... Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. 
Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Shay is back. Yeah. Shay Serrano himself. Bah, bah, bah. You are back. I brought you a have... lot of sound effects this time. <laughs> I was ready. Well, it's appropriate because your new book <laughs> is called Movies and Other Things. Mm-hmm. You have, first of all, two books. Mm-hmm. I have no books. This is my third one, so you're third actually one. further behind what, what than you thought. So now one? you're beating Harper Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did the, rap, I did the rap too? one. Oh, that's right. You did oh, do the, the rap book. One. I own the rap book, too. Mm. I have too many of your books in my home. Boom, boom. This is a book that actually infuriates me because it's exactly the kind of book I would want to write, which is um, it's just a lot of fun discussions about movies, like putting characters together from one movie to another taking a lot of time to talk about A League of Their Own, which is something I just do in my spare time. Fantastic so congrats movie. on living the life I should be living. <laughs> you can do it, though. This is like the fun part of making a book like this, is this is not the uh, the like history of movies. It's not like a declaration of these are the things that you show. This is just straight up like, these are some movies I like, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a conversation about it. Every person can write this exact book, because you're going to have a ton of different movies like you probably read through the book and you're like where is this other movie that I love yeah. you know what I'm saying everybody has different relationships with different or movies or we could just like write the entire book but with different opinions there, you, there you go uh, no I really like the fact that you ask so many different just questions about different movies mm-hmm. and it feels like you're just having a convo with friends mm-hmm. about movies um, the first one I want to jump into okay let's talk about Kill Bill Oh, I love Kill Bill. Let's talk about Kill Bill, one of my favorite movies. Um, Aida, where do you stand in Tarantino? Love Kill Bill. Love Kill. I just, I, I'm very delayed on the movie world because I wasn't allowed to watch movies as a kid, so I've been doing catch up. Uh huh. I was only allowed to watch an hour of TV, and movies are two hours, so I'd watch the. I know the first half <laughs> of every movie. I have. Does she make it back to Kansas? Like I really have no clue. Is that, is that like a about. house rule? I was raised Muslim, like a staunch Muslim, so I wasn't only allowed to watch an hour. Like a week, a week, and I didn't have the wherewithal or the follow through to be like, I'm gonna come back next week and finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but so also, is there something immediately salacious and naughty anytime you get to watch a movie? Oh now? my god, when I get to the roll, the credits roll, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I it. But what I also love about your book is that because I, you know, have this sparse knowledge of movies, every, you said everybody could write this book, but also everybody can read this book. Mm-hmm. There's. I could pick and choose what parts I knew and like could understand. I read the Mean Girls one first, and right. then I went back and like got to learn a lot about like The Godfather and all these kind of like mafia movies yeah, yeah, that yeah. I've never known anything about. And now I can go back and watch. So yeah, that's the trick with doing something like this is you have to make it where somebody who hasn't watched a lot of movies can read it and yeah. it feels accessible, but also somebody who's like lived a life in movies can read it and feel like challenged a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That'd be mm-hmm. my mistake. I'd be like. Kate Blanchett, Oscar and Lucinda, 98. If you haven't yeah, yeah, seen yeah. it, shut the fuck <laughs> <laughs> But Lewis I love would, Kill Bill. Lewis would need good. a heavy editor. <laughs> <laughs> Someone reading each chapter and saying, so I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Three people well. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was interested just in the idea. So your Kill Bill chapter, mm-hmm. you talk about like who gets it the most. The in worst, the yeah. In the worst. Yeah. And it was interesting thinking about L Driver. 
mm-hmm. you know, getting it the second most. Yeah. And I don't know. I had always thought that it was Vernita or like the crazy 88 as a whole. Mm-hmm. L Driver, yeah. by the way, is Daryl Hannah's character and Vernita Green is uh, Vivica A. Fox. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the. Because the, she's still alive. She is still alive, but I think that makes it worse in this case. Mm-hmm. Vernita has to die. Mm-hmm. And that's awful. But like, mm-hmm. if you're ha- if you're choosing between either having to die, or like living the rest of your life knowing your your nemesis has bested you, not only bested you, she yanked your eyeball out of your head <laughs> for the second time in your life. Somebody yanked an eyeball out of your head. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that to me was an like if you have to walk into a room and you've got another eye patch on, <laughs> and every and everybody's like again, <laughs> like that's enough to make this is this was. This I is think worse. She, I think she's just blind at this point. Oh, she's absolutely blind. Yeah. At least she, she has no safe. eyeballs. She's yeah. safe. It won't happen again. Oh, at least she so, knows that. <laughs> right. And, and part three, she's going to yank her tongue out of her mouth. Yeah. She's going to keep on pulling stuff off. You have a section in this book where you do an exercise that I think a lot of people either wish they could do or want to do, which is going through the Oscars by year and then picking what you yeah. would have nominated or what you would have wanted mm-hmm. to win instead. What are your feelings about the Oscars in general? Like, if I say the, the phrase the Oscars to you, do you, like, fill with rage or... No, no, no. I think they're, they're fun. They're interesting. I like to watch them. Um, I like to see the wrong movies get awards every once in a while and everybody goes, Unfortunately, that goes is fun. Yeah, yes. yeah, it yeah. is. So you're rooting for Green Book. Every, no, no, no. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> not rooting for Green Book. But when it happened, I knew... Awesome. Everything in my life is going to be better for like the next two hours and then the Mm -hmm. next two days because everybody's going to be talking about it and everybody's going to be writing about it. And that's the part of the like movie process that I enjoy the most. Like I went and watched Joker, for example. I went and watched Joker right when it came out. And I was so excited afterward to like engage in all of the conversations that were happening around. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to all the podcasts. I want to read all the articles. And it's just like I like to watch smart people sort of flex. Mm-hmm. In, in that in that situation, like like I went and watched it, for example, and I didn't catch any of the stuff I was supposed to catch. I didn't catch like that the subway killing was like a reference to a thing that had happened before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know until that until I read it. And I was like, oh duh, I didn't catch that mm-hmm. when those kids hit him uh, like steal a sign and hit him in the head. like I didn't catch that that was a reference to like the Central Park Five. Like I missed it a hundred percent until I read it. And I was like, to oh, be it's... fair, I did not get that that was a reference. Yeah. And when I saw it in Richard Brody's New Yorker review, that's where I saw I, it too. I was like, I think that's a stretch. Okay, yeah, and and absolutely, <laughs> you can absolutely see that and and think it's a stretch. It probably was like it maybe it was just like a it just happened that way. But I like when people are able to do that. Like that's my favorite thing to do is watch a movie and go like, oh, and this. And this Jackie Chan movie, when he makes this move, it's like the same thing that had happened in a kung fu movie 30 years earlier. Like, mm-hmm. exact, like I love like when it's that... cool at face value, but it's even cooler when you go back and you're ex- like, that was an Easter egg. Exactly. Like, that was a little thing. Once yeah. upon a time in Hollywood, I didn't know any of the story. I missed it all. Yeah. I didn't like I wasn't paying attention to, to that. Um, and then I went back and read it. And I was like, oh, that was Charles Manson who showed up to the house. Like, I missed it. Even <laughs> they, say, they, say, they say his name. And I was like, I don't know what's going on right now, but sure. Yeah. Also, that's. A movie in a Tarantino verse. We talked about it on the show. You yeah, know, it was, I listened. Uh, to, so that's yeah. A, yeah but that's it's a like if example. you are unfamiliar with mm-hmm. the Charles Manson just sort of story. So many things in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood make no sense. To yeah, you yeah. need to read like uh, three to five Wikipedia pages before you go and see that yeah, movie. You're at, like, at the very who least. are these people hanging exactly. out at the I house? I did research. And, 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 and that to me is so much fun because that's like how you get to be a part of it. So that's a perfect example. I went mm-hmm. and watched that movie. I didn't know anything. I was like, that was fun. Brad Pitt's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to the stuff. I listened to, to y'all's episode or I listened to like Sean Finnessy's uh, and Amanda Dobbins. And, 
And and then like I learn all the uh, like the back history of it, mm-hmm. and then I can watch it again and be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Like mm-hmm. I like I like that part. So other than watching movies and then you know figuring things out afterward, mm-hmm. what makes your brain makes connection make a connection that's like, oh, who would Regina George be friends with if she didn't? If there was a huge movie high school, if there right. were where where is that coming from? Okay, so so to me the most interesting part of working on anything is I have to figure out a way to like write about stuff in a way that I write about stuff, which is to say I'm going to take something not serious, very seriously. Um, and and the, the way that that works is you have to give it some sort of gravity. It has to be like secretly a little bit smart. So I know I wanted to write about high school movies, and I know I wanted to center it around Regina George, who is, to me, the, the best character in these movies. Um, so, so you do like a little bit of thinking, a little bit of like researching, not just on movies, but like high school life in general. And eventually you come to figure out that like the, all of everything in high school is predicated on like social interactions. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. That's the most important part. There's a small group of people where that, that doesn't matter. But for, the, for most of us, that's all you're interested in. So like uh, the underlying theme of this chapter should be based on some sort of social interactions. And like it just made the most sense to me. Like, OK, well, let's. Have them all interact, and let's take all of the high school movie characters, and we're going to put them all in school at the same time, and see what happens. And I really like when anything does it. I like to watch like when you watch an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and Boys to Men shows up, and mm-hmm. and, and there's like a crossover. And yeah. You're like, oh shit, I'm watching the Ninja Turtles movie, and Vanilla Ice is in it, and I'm like, oh my, like I love that thing. So with the, that chapter, let's get all the high school characters together. I think we really missed That's out smart. on John Hughes creating a teen movie cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was making those movies right. now, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, they would definitely be overlapping. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I want to put them all together and see how they interact. And then now you just need like a device to do that. You're like, well, a, a big part of high school, a big part of Mean Girls, they make a point of it, is like where you sit in the cafeteria. And, and at the Mean Girls High School cafeteria, each table has six chairs. Um, let's get rid of the other plastics. We leave Regina there. And if we've got all the other characters from all the other high school movies, who else is she going to allow to sit at that table? Because I think in, in any high school setting, she's going to eventually become the alpha character. Mm-hmm. And so, like, everybody has to revolve around her. So now you're talking about bring it on. Like, could Isis sit at the table with Regina George? I think she would probably, Regina would be, like, a little too threatened by, like you need she'd somebody. definitely be threatened by ISIS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, oh, she'd see through Regina. She, mm-hmm. right? she needs, Big Red could sit Big with Red, Regina. Yeah, exactly. That's like a perfect character. Somebody who can be evil, but who can also be like Play second fall in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dion from Clueless. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're built for this. Claire from The Breakfast Club. You're built for this. Yeah. Some of the other ones, you're just you're just not. And like that, and you and then you start thinking about it that way because we know enough about Regina George to be like, well, she she would probably hang out with Johnny Lawrence. Up until he lost a tournament, and then he's out of here. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's fun to think about that stuff, and also it's fun to present those ideas because there's no firm answer. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing is that when somebody reads the thing that I wrote, and then they send me, they they won't send me like, "Oh, you're an idiot." They'll send me like, "Oh, this is why I think that it should have been this other mm-hmm. way." And and I love that. Like the Kill Bill chapter you mentioned, I've already gotten several things about that because I imply in there I think she's alive I think Elle is alive because we don't see her die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then several people were like well she's in the trailer with the black mom but the black mom is probably going to kill her mm-hmm. and I'm like that's that's it. cool one of my favorite parts of this book also is you invite a bunch of other contributors to just talk about 
movies, and there's one in particular where Wesley Morris talks about Mm -hmm. misery. Yes. And he talks about how when James Caan finally gets back at uh, Kathy Bates, who has obviously kidnapped him, you all know her famous Oscar-winning performance, it actually makes him sad because she's so good in the movie that she feels like your English teacher or she feels like, you know, just somebody who happens to be very crazy but Mm -hmm. also is very uh, human. And I wanted to know, what was it like reaching out to these other people? And did you find that they... Uh, had a lot to say secretly about movies that they didn't know they had to say about them. So most of the people I reached out to, uh, the chapter you're talking about is, the the prompt for this chapter is which movie death affected you the most as an adult, which Mm -hmm. is an interesting conversation to have. So I did this in the other book too, but I reach out to to people who I know, like know about movies, write about movies. Specifically, they write about movies in a way differently than I do. Like like Wes is a perfect example. I saw Misery and I was like, oh, it was crazy when she broke that guy's foot. Yeah, and he saw misery, and he was like, "It's crazy that they pulled the legs off of this woman's existence." And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. his brain goes a different direction. Mallory Rubin is the same way. She wrote about the about Wilson from Castaway when the volleyball floats away, mm-hmm. um, and it ended up being about something totally different. But I like to just reach out to people I know who are smarter than me and just let them do what they want to do for a few minutes. Number one, because I think it's interesting, but number two, I feel like if I put them in the book. And somebody sees that, and they're like, oh, maybe Shay is, like, a little smarter than we think. Even though I'm not. (laughs) But, like, if I'm sitting at the table with, like, other smart people, I can, like, keep my head down and sneak through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like what your book really does so well is um, just starts conversations. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of my favorite part of talking about movies online. You know when like you will ask a question, insisting and then, that you're right loudly. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you will ask a question, and then people will respond, and something will really be going, and it'll take off like mm-hmm. for a whole day. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like those are the best parts about talking about movies online, it, not when we're arguing about fucking Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's a, and it's always such even though a, I love that too. Earnest conversation because you know, Mm -hmm. if you like a thing, you like the thing, and you want to talk about the thing that you like. Mm -hmm. And it's also fun because you get what people want from movies, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like at a certain age, I thought, say, like, What Lies Beneath was a really Michelle Pfeiffer, baby, because I love Michelle Pfeiffer, because I love her. My favorite Uh, genre movie, which is I Hate My Wonderful Home, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then I rewatched it recently this year. And I was like, whoops. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's so long. I was, I was like, this is so long. Please end. It's bad. Michelle Pfeiffer is not doing enough in it. Mm-hmm. And at, the, at the time, it was a lot. Yes. And, and it's also right paranormal now, like, for no yeah. reason. I hate that. There's something to be said about not revisiting movies, too, yeah, yeah. That, that are just stuck in your head as being really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember liking Eight-Legged Freaks in the theater. I loved it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would like it now. You won't. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I think it takes a particular amount of bravery to revisit something you hated. Like, there are people who are obsessed with, this is a movie that came out when we were in high school, Rat Race. Mm. And I remember that being the worst piece of shit I ever fucking saw. Wait, Rat Race is so funny. No, See, see, I'm angry now. <laughs> Here we now go. you've said it. I'm watch it play out right in front of us. Right. I mean, it's, as far as I know, the only movie that ends with a Smash Mouth concert. So you can, <laughs> you can live in that. Live in that. You just dragged up that memory for me. I'm now thinking of that entire summer when I was like, everybody should be watching The Others and not Rat Race. Anyway, mm. this is me becoming a cineast... I, I would go others over Rat Race for sure. Uh, it is one of the movies that still holds up even when you know the twist. Because when you know the twist, now you're looking for all the other stuff. Yes, unlike J- Sixth Sense. Jordan Peele is my favorite like 
person who does this thing, which is why Get Out became like what it became. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you knew how it ended, it just became it just somehow got better to rewatch it. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, look at the little. As opposed to the when I found out how Us ended, I wish I had not watched it. What? I watched. I rewatched us maybe eleven times. I don't like us. Really? Yeah. I just wow, don't I think it's that coherent. Movie. I want to know. It's like they took. It's a thought 17, experiment. Yeah. yeah. It's a thought experiment. It's you like have a to dream. Concessions for that. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember we were sitting in the theater. We were watching us. I loved. It. I loved the like you know whatever first thirty minutes or uh, until they come in the house and and she starts talking and her voice first of all the first time you hear it it's incredible mm-hmm. just like so unnerving run yeah yeah whoa that was really good <laughs> thank you yeah. I've been practicing a lot <laughs> great it was in my God. mirror like. <laughs> and then well, what, when she's the explaining the drama jumps thank out. you thank you <laughs> when she's explaining who they are or why they are and she's like we are Americans and mm-hmm. I was like oh my god here was we that go. two on the nose for you it was exactly yeah yeah it mm-hmm. felt like it was like a sledgehammer yeah don't hammer literally don't hammer that in I wanted it to be kind of an ethereal theme instead yeah, of yeah, just yeah. like and they're wearing these jumpsuits like these red jumpsuits it felt very just too much it felt like a lot but again to jordan peele's credit like i I, i've also rewatched it several times and i loved as soon as it was over going on the internet and finding like what did you miss from from us Mm -hmm. there's a lot yeah yeah. there's like biblical here's what i would argue about that though i love the discussion of like what you think happens in a movie right but Mm -hmm. i feel like us is operating from the brain of a creator who knows that people deep dive so much into Get Out, mm-hmm. and so he's putting things into us for you to deep dive instead of telling Go the story. It. It's a Go little bit. I like, I like the ambition, uh-huh. and it's fun. Yeah, but you know, it's like it's like you're putting things in there for people to pull out. But then I'm like, mm, I would I would like more ambiguity. Mm-hmm. To be, I either love ambiguity in a story or I love a simple. Twilight Zone, here's the one twist, you know? And yeah. I feel like Us has 16 Twilight Zones. It's twists. got a lot of them. I feel the same way about like uh, about villains. Mm-hmm. I like when the villain is either totally and wholly and completely evil, mm-hmm. or they're like, I'm a little bit unclear what's going on. And they present like a moral yeah. dilemma, and yeah, you can yeah, kind of yeah. like favor the villain a little Anywhere bit. in the middle is no fun, but if you yeah. can land on one, if you can be Chong Lee from Bloodsport, mm-hmm. or Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, mm-hmm. if you're okay. one of those, let's go. Uh, I guess, lastly, I, th- I was very happy that you defended uh, my favorite villains in a movie, who mm-hmm. I don't really think are villains, uh, the raptors in Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, they're certainly adorable. Yes. They are very adorable, even in the first movie. Honestly, those white people shouldn't have been in that damn park. That's, uh, no, I mean, let's talk about <laughs> I mean, colonialism. It's, it's, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault, okay? It's your fault you died. It's everyone's fault that they die in <laughs> Jurassic Park. Uh, so I am never on the side of the humans. Yeah, that's uh, a fair. Especially in the latest movies, which I like less than you. I didn't like Fallen Kingdom. Okay. But I liked the first, I liked Jurassic World. I liked Chris Pratt. I liked, I mean, that's, you know, I liked the, I liked Blue saving the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like one of my favorite theater experiences of the last few years as I'm sitting in there, we're watching, I think it was an IMAX, and you think that they're all dead. And the t- and the T Rex is fighting the Indominus Rex, and you're like, "This, mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen here." And then you hear that raptor call, "Er, er, er," and you like, they play this loud music, and she just fucking comes sprinting into the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna save her. I loved that moment. It was the most attracted to a dinosaur I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> most implies so many in. other times that you were attracted. There to There were dinosaurs. a few other times, but like this was this the was main. The most. This, this was, was the, the hottest dinosaur. Okay. Yes. I, was like, uh, I think the hardest question is always, "What's your favorite movie?" You know, yes. because it's like I love every 
genre. You know, mm-hmm. I could have like a melodrama from the fifties, or like it depends who you're talking to. Too, you're like, do I want to impress this person? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But you know, I feel like I always come back to like either like Jurassic Park or Heather's or Bring It On. You know, if oh. I think about the three movies I watch the most, and Jurassic Park as a kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and I had every Jurassic Park action figure. You should have. Jesus. Mine are Rear Window, Airplane, and Clue. Mine is simply The Italian Job. I don't know why I love that movie Good so answer. much. Good Mark Wahlberg one? I love The Italian Job. That way. I that love way. heist movies so much. I just love stealing, I guess. <laughs> I love heist movies. No, the Italian Job did what it had to do. The Italian fun. Job is underrated. I really enjoyed that movie. You get a good, like, bringing the team together scene, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. And Leap Year, if that cancels out. It does cancel <laughs> the out. The quality of the first movie. <laughs> I like Leap, Leap Year? Yeah, it's I am in awe of Aida. <laughs> yeah, Leap Year, because I love those two movies. They're good. Uh Thank you for being here, Shay. Thank y'all. This is a great deal of fun, as always. Yeah. Wait, what's your favorite movie? Blood In, Blood Out. Okay. Mm. 1993. Chicano gangster movie. Uh, I'm going to do one more last question. Okay. Is it different from favorite movie if you ask what movie you would make someone watch to understand you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. To understand who you are that's as a, a person. That's a totally yeah. different question. Yeah. Um. Like a good example is I was hanging out with this guy when I was teaching. His name was Kevin O'Neill. I didn't have a car, and he lived by me, and we were carpool back and forth. And uh, K.O. was the sweetest guy. He was like a 60-year-old uh, white man, super long beard. And we would ride together, and he, he was like obsessed with music. And he put me on like so much Texas folk music that I'd never even heard of. He had like radio stations I'd never even heard of. And then he let me pick a song one day, and I was like... He told me ahead of time. I was like, can I play a rap song for you? I'd like to play a rap song for you. And he's like, all right, cool, uh, but not today. And so I spent like three days thinking about it. And I settled on Outcast by Elevator. I mean, Elevator's by Outcast. Mm-hmm. Good choice. And I, I love this song. It's not my favorite rap song of all time. Mm-hmm. But this is the one song where if I wanted to show somebody what rap music could do or be or make you feel, like this is the, the one. This is the same thing for movies. I, you ask me my favorite movie, I'm going to tell you this. And you ask me like a movie... For another reason, there's another answer here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. What's the movie that's gonna make somebody know who you are? Scream Two. <laughs> two. Yeah. What a pick. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Why that one? Scream is a perfect movie. Uh huh. But Scream Two, I think, is it's a sequel that's good. It it goes bigger, and I just think it dips into like melodrama and higher like stake scenes than. Laurie Metcalf wagging movie. a gun and trembling, yes. I think, is like, an important vibe. Yes, and that's that's a very Ira vibe, you know? Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and like, the um, Delta Beta Zeta house, um, that's, like, a vibe for me. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith in the opening for it. I just feel She's it's really so funny. many set pieces that yeah. are very much, of course, Ira likes this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to think about that. It's really hard for me. Boss I, Baby. Boss Baby. I think Boss Baby was snubbed every, of every award. It's such a good film. And it's like, every what? What were you about to say? Every time you open your mouth, I have no idea what's going to come out. This <laughs> <laughs> baby no is such a good film, and I really love animation. I'm obsessed with animation, and I think it was just a, it's a beautiful story. It's very funny. A lot of mm-hmm. things don't make me laugh out loud, mm-hmm. um, especially because I'm constantly doing comedy all the time, so I'm like, okay, let's move. But I was so delightfully surprised by what that movie it's was. Fun. It's, it's a fun, fun movie. They do like that acid trip scene. and the, Yeah. What? and <laughs> Also, that's why I love Little so much, because when you create a movie that's anchored in such a ridiculous concept, like Marseille 
has to play an adult. Everything from that point on, she says, is going to be funny. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at, is it Alec Baldwin? I'm talking about this movie. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin is the voice of a baby. Anything he says is going to be funny. <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin. It reminds me of the E-Trade commercials with the baby. Do you remember those? I remember those. I yeah. love those. After After Alec Baldwin is a baby. Thing. <laughs> um, I would I would respond to your question, except I am smithereens after I eat his last comment. Um, uh, you know what I would say? This Smash is, to smithereens, yeah. like a boss of headline. Uh, in terms of understanding me, you ever seen, um, <laughs> right, wow, <laughs> Bossip's headlines, the next Pulitzer category. Um, uh, uh, you ever seen Ordinary People? Mm-hmm. Okay, not a comedy at all, but yeah. it's something, it captures something very specific about like Midwestern whiteness yeah. mm-hmm. that like I actually don't see, in, like it, it's more, it, it does more of what John Hughes movies set out to do in that way that I mm-hmm. think it doesn't get credit for, but like the sort of sadness of a suburb I think it really gets. I had a, actually a wonderful upbringing, but still I feel like in order to, to get me I, I would say that that's a, that's a good call I was I was always wondering why more people didn't talk about that movie when Lady Bird came out and I was like yeah mm-hmm. very much thing. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really I great. rescind Boss Baby real quick because that one was late my real answer but probably Poetic Justice if I'm going to be like too my late. blackness my too late too late too late definitely the movie I learned the word Punani from <laughs> there you go <laughs> Boss Baby <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that the other concept of what makes Scream 2 so me is the fact that it heightens that um, <laughs> that thing of like in a slasher movie where you're trying to figure out the suspect, right? And yes. I think that they, they lay out right in the beginning Scream 2, they're like, this is the sequel. <laughs> Anybody could be the suspect. Mm-hmm. And even the trailer like literally flashes 20 people. Yeah. And so the beauty of like Scream 2 is like every time you're watching it, um, if you pick a random character, you can watch how it's being woven and how they could maybe be yeah, 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 the yeah. killer at the end. And I love just watching the movie and being like, I'm going to follow the cameraman, Joel, this movie and be mm-hmm. like, oh, there's the scene where his boots are here in this yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he vanishes during Randy's death. And it's like, oh, he could come back. Because it makes so much sense at the end when um, Lori Metcalf takes Gail like hostage, mm-hmm. right? And then brings her out onto the stage. And for a split second, Sydney, when Gail walks out, she's like, Gail, you're Mickey's partner. Yeah. And in her mind, it's like, of course it makes sense that Gail was the killer. Right. But she's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I just love that because and, and anyone stage, could be the which killer. Is her, yeah. And it's on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it ends, it's a horror movie that ends in like Greek theater. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm sold. Yeah. Shay, thank you for coming. Yeah. And yeah, for stomaching so all of what Ira has to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go watch Boss Baby. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m., at all hours of the day, really. 
What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. One hundred episodes. Wow. Boys, it's Darcy Carden, and I'm here to say congratulations on your hundredth, hundredth, hundredth episode of Keep It. My, my, my. What a true accomplishment. My voice sounds sarcastic, but I'm being sincere. All my love, boys. She's one of those shockingly nice people. It's yeah. like you know, I don't know why I'm always blown away when people are generous or cool seeming, but then when they are, it, it's like somebody like threw balloons into the air. Thank God you are that way. I love Darcy Carden. I mean, it's because most celebrities are like Millie Bobby Brown. You know, they'll throw a hot coffee in your face and floor it when they see you. That was such a good meme for a time when we decided Millie Bobby Brown was a vicious homophobe. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, meme, I do remember you know? that. It was. It's it's so <laughs> random who we decide is just saying the f slur every day. A child. I remember that was hilarious. And then was... she was forced to respond to it like, "No, I'm not really a homophobe." It yeah. really is extremely funny. It was so funny. It was so funny. It made you mad that you didn't think of it in a way. Um, Anyway, Millie Bobby Brown, lover, just driving. So does Drake. So does Drake. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. Drake's waiting for her to turn eighteen. That's my not a good feeling. That's no, yeah, yeah. Talk about euphoria. Is she on that show? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just because they're teens. Oh, okay. It was a joke. And Drake I say, produced it. Usually, usually when you say a joke, it pertains to reality in some way. So what you ever said was just, you know, nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, <laughs> are we ready for my list of top ten Hit things us. that are white excellence? I am actually, I don't want to say excited by this, but I want to know what you picked. I'm hesitant to hear, but I'm hesitant. I know, right? yeah. That sounds right. I'm even yeah. hesitant to give a list giving white things props. Mm-hmm. However, I've decided that... White people in this day and age, they need to be twice as good. Yeah, too. You know? Yeah. Like, like this, we're not giving out the bare minimum anymore. They need to really go above and beyond. And I feel like there are really only 10 things that go above and beyond okay. at this moment in time. Uh, there are some parameters. Things that are, like, old, I can't really mention. So, like, even though Buffy's my favorite TV show, I'm not going to put it on the list. I see. Because, you know. These it's are been, current. It's been off the air for a minute. This is this is like a current. You list. want this to be a working guide for what's happening right now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. First is an honorable mention. Okay. Okay. The crown. Oh, a- among the whiter accomplishments in recent memory. Yes. And it keeps evolving in its whiteness. When you include Olivia Coleman in it, you want prestige and yet re- relatably wry whiteness. Yes, it's gorgeous. It is such a good show, but also it's about the royal family, which is currently being mean to Meghan Markle and also full of racists and Nazis. So they can't be on the list. True. But it's an honorable mention. Honorable okay. mention. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, number 10 is Stan Smith sneakers. Whoa. That's good. That's a good one. Right. Stan Smith, a fantastic tennis player. Which I happen to be wearing them right now. Yeah. The What's your favorite color? The green ones. Yeah, the green yeah, ones. Those, yeah. are, those are the best ones. Mm-hmm. They are the perfect 
flight shoe. That's, yep, wore them on the flight. Wore yeah. them here. Yeah. I, I didn't love, realize we were such a united front on this. Love, wow. yeah. love the Velcro renditions. I really want to get those. They look kind of orthopedic, but I want them. I've had some really nice suede Stan Smiths that I bought in Berlin once. And then I traveled, ruined them by wearing them to a gay warehouse party in LA. The amount, if you want to ruin shoes, you go to a, like a darkened gay party. Yes. I, I wore like white shoes to them one time and it just, I think there was graffiti on my shoes afterwards. It made no <laughs> sense. Uh, it's, it's weird that as gays in LA, the parties we go to, I feel like in my closet, a part of my closet, I have shoes that you specifically wear to those mm-hmm. and also shoes that like if you know you're going to it after a certain party either you just have to acknowledge that the shoes do you have on are going to get fucked up or you have to wear the fucked up shoes mm-hmm. earlier yeah to where you're going it's a tough compromise whatever you pick it's difficult maybe they should just go shoeless <laughs> ew yeah that would be <laughs> the ratchet. idea of that's disgusting I love stepping in cum <laughs> number nine <laughs> is Michelle Pfeiffer Oh, my Fair. God. That's an easy one. Classic. Yeah, yeah. I can't even pick a favorite performance, honestly. I know, I, I, like, I'm gay. I know I'm supposed to pick Catwoman. But honestly, she's, I can't think of a bad performance she's given. She was wonderful in White Oleander, which has white in it. Uh, you ever seen the movie Love Field? That's a crazy one. Yes. She is the reason people love Grease 2. Correct. You're right. Grease 2 has this cachet now of being a fun, campy movie. But really, it's about her performance of Cool Rider which makes that movie iconic in its own way. Dangerous Minds. Have you seen Dangerous Minds? Nope. That is an experience, okay. and I cannot wait for you to see that movie. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I like the way her face is shaped. That's, she's beautiful. She's just a stunning woman. Yeah, she's very cat-eyed, yeah. cat-faced. She also just seems genuine and smart. Also, being married to D- David E. Kelly, I want to know more. Do we get mm. a book about that? I, I want to see that limited series. Yeah, which he would write himself, of course. Of course. Eight. Con Brothers movies. Generally Fair. speaking, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't love Barton Fink, which is a movie a lot of people love. But Judy mm. Davis is in it, and I love her. I also love. It is an interesting watch. I came to that one later. I don't love it as much as the other ones. Mm-hmm. And also, like I weirdly like love Hail Caesar. Oh yeah, I love. I think I brought this up in a recent episode. Alden Ehrenreich in that movie. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Right. Are you familiar with any th- Coen Brothers movies? Is Reservoir Dogs a Coen Brothers movie? No, nope. it's Quentin Tarantino. Well, I tried. <laughs> I <laughs> a, tried. A different white. Got you, yeah. There's only like <laughs> seven that rule the directing world. My favorite Coen Brothers movie is controversial. It's Which Burn one? After Reading. Oh, well, Brad Pitt is very funny. Oh, I have seen that movie. I love that he movie. He's so hot in that movie. Right. He's a hot him, The him, jumpsuit, him, the tracksuit. Yeah, him, him as the trainer. Yeah, so And sexy. then when he, when he gets shot in the head in that closet. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. I remember thinking that's like, this is one of the best dark comedies I've ever seen. So surreal. Loved it. Yeah. Burn after reading. Seven, Stranger Things, season one. Fair. The only one I watched, so I'm glad that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season three was actually quite good, but mm-hmm. Stranger Things season one is, I think, perfect. It's the right amount of nostalgia. Yeah. And, yeah. and when I worked at MTV News on my previous podcast mm-hmm. with Doreen St. Felix, uh, shout out to Speed Dial and our Speed Dial listeners. I believe I first said the phrase white excellence when talking about Stranger Things season one. So you defend Winona Ryder's performance on it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What's your problem with it? You almost have a tear in your eye when you say that. <laughs> I just don't know how much of it is intentionally what it is. She is a bit, um, 
Margot Kidder. Sure. A little harried. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, think it, I think it adds to the charm. Okay. I just, I've never really been a Winona stan. I've never oh, really gotten it. Really? I think she's gorgeous. Well, you know, Heather's is one of my favorite movies. Right. I was going to say, do you have eyes? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> Winona writer, I love yeah. her. I mean, very... I love that she's always giving you like, I just got caught at sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the way she looks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like her performance in that. It's very off kilter. You know, I think it's supposed to be that way. Stranger Things is kind of deliberately campy in a way. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. That it. was a good defense. All right. Yeah. I'll allow it. Six is last week's guest co-host, Angelina Burnett. Pow. Yeah. I mean, completely upset. I mean, first of all, the most pro-union. I mean, if, if Norma Ray were somehow radder, it would be Angelina <laughs> Burnett. But yes, Angelina, you know, daughter of T-Bone Burnett, stepdaughter yeah. of Callie Corey, Patsy and Loretta, which is great. Let and me she, just reiterate that she is the daughter of two Oscar winners. Yes. T-Bone Burnett won an Oscar for writing The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart, the song. And her stepmom won an Oscar for writing Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Ooh. And she's also written on, like, Halt and Catch Fire and The Americans. Uh, she's fantastic. Those are two amazing shows. We're going to have to have her back when her new movie comes out. And What's it called? Maybe we can get her co-star for that one, too. She's writing a new Jennifer Lawrence movie. Oh. Number five is Riverdale. Which you cannot bring up enough. I'm actually angry now when you bring it up. (laughs) Just watch it. I watched the first few episodes. I just feel like there's nothing more for me to mine from it. Yep, it's crazy. The town is shirt lit like an Abercrombie. And Archie never wears a shirt. No. Cole Sprouse is hotter than ever to me. Yes, I love Cole Sprouse. I love Cole Sprouse. He was my, out of the brothers, if I had to pick, Cole is the one. Mm, Fuck Dylan. Yeah, fuck Dylan. His mop head. (laughs) Yeah, knock him off the fucking Sweet Life boat. Yeah, (laughs) Sweet Life on deck. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Number four is... Vampire Weekend's album, Father of the Bride. Oh, you, we had him on the show, and yeah, he was Ezra. a doll, too. Yeah. yeah. If I had to make a list, Ezra would be, definitely be on it. Yeah. Uh, and he was, he was very amused that I called the album White Excellence. Ezra shocks me. I mean, I'm not too familiar with the other people in the band, but everything Ezra does, I'm like, whoa, how are you? Like, you don't expect what comes out of him to be coming from him, you mm-hmm. know? He's just impressing me all the time. Yeah, he has a gentle doll-like quality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he's secretly possessed by Gozer. A genius. <laughs> <laughs> that is the um, villain in the Ghostbuster movie. I thought you said Hosier. Oh, I said Gozer. <laughs> I was like both. <laughs> Hosier. both. Hosier is also a villain in a Ghostbusters movie. Number three is the restaurant Noodles and Company. Oh, Never been. Love Noodles and Company. Well, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's all Noodles and Company is my shit. Love You're it. from Illinois. You know what? Never been there? Well, here's a secret of mine. I came very late to Noodles. Mm. I don't like um, that kind of mouthfeel, generally speaking, when it comes to food. Delicious? I I'm know. confused. It's strange. I, I, I've never been super noodle-oriented. Mm. Is there a favorite dish you have in Noodles? Listen, I rarely trust white people with mac and cheese. But I will fuck up the mac and cheese. At I love and the company. mac and cheese and noodles. The, the noodles and company on West State Street in Wauwatosa. Yeah, in Milwaukee. I'll be in pain, but is, I, I'll, I'll risk it. If I'm ever in town, back home, like I eat at Noodles and Company. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I love Noodles and Company. They have amazing pesto as well, and they recently, not recently, in the past few years, added a bunch of like Thai dishes and mm. Chinese dishes. They do their best. Yeah. But they're still good. <laughs> they do their best, but they're still Stick good. with what you know. Yeah, noodles. noodles. and company. <laughs> Stay in your lane. If yes. you want my company. Yeah. 
Number two, Succession. How pow. I knew it was coming. I, yes. I thought it would be one, actually, mm. so this is interesting. I know, yeah. I'm, now I'm very eager to hear what one is, but Succession is an amazing show. Yeah. And it's not for me, you know? It's, I don't think it's for us, no. but it ended up being, oh my gosh. Well, so that's also what I call something like, oh, you know, it's being the best it can be, like, in its lane, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Greta Gerwig, I don't need her to make movies with black people, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think that they would be good. Pan out, yeah. But... Make your movies with your Sersha and your Timotees. Yeah. Like, just have them waifish white people looking good. Do All, your thing. It also, to me, Succession feels like the rare show in which people kind of, I don't know about root for, everybody roots for somebody different, but just you can really key into different characters and, and, and mm-hmm. sort of pick an avatar for yourself. Who's yours? Both of you go. I've only seen the first five episodes. That's I fair. guess I would be a shiv. I was actually on the fence about Kieran Culkin's performance, but now people say love he's really his, great. He's mine, if I had to pick. Yeah, uh, Kendall. <laughs> I love Kendall. No, what is see, it about Kendall this that This is a slightly you? agonizing he, he part just, of Twitter to me. He just seems like he needs a hug. He does, constantly. But everybody says that on Twitter. It makes me so... It's annoying. Oh. Yeah, that part of Twitter is annoying. Like... He's bad, but you know what? Like, I kind of like it. It's like every, that's the whole point. Like, you're supposed to think that. But Kendall's oh, not bad. I don't think Kendall's bad. I think no. Kendall is kind of deviated from his life path, but, you know, I don't think yeah. he's bad. I don't think any of the characters are bad, actually. They have a lot of humanity. Oh. No, yeah. all of them are very good. Well, the father might be entirely. Lo- Lo- Logan's evil. Yeah. yeah. Antisocial. Yeah. Just, but that's how he got to where he is. And Tom. Oh, Tom is a disgusting character. Tom's disgusting. I, ugh. Greg, I'm only halfway I into fucking love season. Greg. Greg is Greg amazing. Greg and Kendall team up is what we needed. I'm only halfway into season two, so mm, don't yeah. don't say anything that might yes. ruin it. I forgot you saw Greg. them in the beginning, like yes. he, him getting him the apartment. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Which he really just wanted to use as a sex party after hours place. But he did give Greg a free place to stay. So. Greg's reaction to it, too, he's like, here are the keys. He's like, no, it's yours. <laughs> Greg <laughs> is the um, sort of odd relative, right? Yeah, yeah. the That's cousin her, I think he gives up. a really good performance. He does. Yeah. yeah. Um, number one, if I didn't have my parameters, number one would be my favorite band, Hall and Oates. Sure. Okay. Good answer. That's a good yes, answer, yeah. Because you know I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys from Philly and their soulful voices. And, and Daryl's hair. Quite. Is that's the best hair I've seen on a white person. Also, it's just fair to say any one of their hits is your favorite. It's mm-hmm. just it's just universally timeless music. Yeah, um, but I would say number one. I'm surprised you can guess who number one is. I don't know if I'm there yet. It better not be Charlie mm-hmm. Puth. It is not Charlie Puth. Charlie God Puth, love him. Charlie Puth is an honorable mention. Okay. and really? so is and so are the movies of Sofia Coppola. Great whiteness, yeah. Yes, generally yes, speaking, just like the whiteness jumped out mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, number one is Angelina Jolie. I'm oh. actually surprised. Yeah, I like now, Angelina Jolie. You know how I feel about salt. No, I know you're obsessed with that. Yeah, I was revisiting her performance in Girl Interrupted recently. Yeah, because I just I, watched that too. I forgot that you know there was a time when she was not just a really popular actress, but sort of the up and coming prestige actress. Yeah. you know that one we were all obsessed with. And that movie is sort of like a two and a half star melodrama in certain ways, but she is drop dead hilarious during certain scenes in that movie where she somebody kills herself and she goes, "Ugh, that idiot." That's the kind of characters I like. I yeah. love her. Gone in sixty seconds is mm-hmm. fantastic. Lara Croft did what it had to do. Hackers, she made me watch The Good Shepherd. 
Wow. That's crazy. Yes. Playing by heart, I love her in that movie. Yes. Plus, I think it's, I think I said before, like, she's one of my grandmother's favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. So we just grew up just, like, loving mm-hmm. Angelina. I was down for the Billy Bob years. I was down. With the for, necklace and the yes, vials. I and the, loved it. You're a fan? I loved it. Where's love I loved like that, that relationship. I love know. these days. My gosh. There's okay. not really an intoxicating relationship like that where you're almost nervous. That's about, why we dragged Sean and Camila yeah, so much. Yeah, exactly. It's what like, about okay, that? I'm like, give me Angelina and Billy Bob vibes. It's because this generation doesn't remember what happened then. So yeah. they think that what Sean and Camila are doing is wild, but in all reality, it's muted, diluted, and need, we need more. We do need you, more. Do you know what else I like about Angelina Jolie? She's somebody who, when she gives an interview or you know writes something in the New York Times, it is diplomatic and it is a little... Um, I, I don't know, not petty, for lack of a better word, but it's not uninteresting. Mm. Like, she always, she never bores you. Yes. She's one of those people who you just feel like is an actress, like like a yes. star. Mm-hmm. You know, she feels very much like you are part of Hollywood history. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. And so sorry that her dad is who her dad is, John Voigt. A regrettable Oscar winner. I know, right? Though also a brilliant actor, so there you have it. You know, he is... He's he's Logan Roy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. to tie it all up. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. and Angelina what? is and to tie it up in white treachery. <laughs> Next week, I'll give my treacherous white people list. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, John Favreau. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I think we have another voicemail. Hey guys, it's Billy Eichner. Happy 100 episodes of Keep It. I know it's just the beginning, so congratulations, Mazel Tov, keep it. And I hope by the time this gets released, Rihanna has released new music for Ira's sake. <laughs> Goodbye. I love the doom in his voice during that call. That was uh, uh, encouraging to me. When we're back, keep it. <laughs> Congratulations to our friends at Keep It on 100 episodes, right, Tommy? Yeah, love it. You've done the show a couple times. I right? have. I've done the show. It's a, yeah. it's a great experience. You talk about pop culture and in life. Hi, guys. Wait, who the uh, fuck? Get the fuck. Me. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> I just get out of here. Just want to be on. Get out of here. Just want to be on Keep It. I'm sorry, I hit Ira with my car. <laughs> oh yeah, that was rude. <laughs> Who's this fucking guy? I don't know. He's weird. Congrats. Anyway, Congrats. 100 episodes. We love the show. Congrats to all of you. And congrats to Aida for joining the. Uh, the uh, show. The squad. Yeah. Yeah. Get on there before I did. <laughs> Thank goodness. How about you, John? <laughs> <laughs> Those three stooges. They're adorable. <laughs> I love their ragtag comedy. <laughs> the three caballeros better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys really are great. We have a lot of fun with them. Uh, we do have so much fun with them, which is why it's so sad that my keep it this week is John Lovett. <laughs> What did he do? John Lovett. By the way, I'm happy that you're starting a Keep It on the 100th episode. I think that's somehow fitting. Thank you. Yeah. I won't be this magnanimous again. Mm, well, I like it when you're nice to me. Okay. Yeah. It's personally making me uncomfortable. See? <laughs> so. yeah, I know. I'm on your team, Aida. It, it makes the people on Twitter think we're dating. That has never <laughs> once happened. And it does happen. Really? I found it on the internet. Oh, wow. It's, it's, Speaking of slash it's, 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 it's straight people with no clue. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Good guess, guys. <laughs> Every gay person is like, no. 
Have you met them? <laughs> uh, mine is to John Lovett this week because I have been watching this um, little-known Netflix drama called mm-hmm. The Politician, mm-hmm. starring Gwyneth Paltrow and featuring Ben Platt. Right. It has a very bad pilot and it's very messy. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like the show gets so much better as it goes on mm-hmm. and I really ended up enjoying it. I binged the rest of it on a plane and I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to season two because season one ends the episode before the finale and the finale is basically the pilot for the second season. Shouts yes. out Ryan and Brad for that new convention. At least I haven't seen it before. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, and it has Bette Midler in it and stuff. I actually feel the opposite you do. I thought it started off really strong, The Politician. I was a little on the fence about Ben Platt because I don't know if it's just that I associate him with Dear Evan Hansen and I think yeah. he just seems nice, that I don't really see the... Um, the unscrupulous quality that you're supposed to see in him mm-hmm. on the show. His but TV the, acting also is just very, it's very theatrical yeah. yes. too. So it, it was, it was a little jarring jumping into it. Right. I would like to argue he can't play a high school student. He is, is that, in his mid twenties. Yeah. It doesn't, he just, it doesn't, it didn't go well for me. Well, and the fair. problem is the conceit with the show is because it's supposed to take place at a different election in mm-hmm. their lives. Um, and like the finale jumps ahead several years. Yeah. To where they're where he's at NYU, it makes sense to why they would cast him then. But it's like, yeah, the first mm-hmm. season is weird having them all play high schoolers. It doesn't look right. Uh, but then once they're playing college students, I'm like, oh yeah, now this mm-hmm. makes sense. There are a lot of fun performances, and oh, also just I, I'm sh- I'm sure I've gone here before. I am such a Gwyneth stan when it comes to her acting. I thought I she her. was every scene she nailed it. Like whether it was broad comedy, which it routinely is, mm-hmm. whether there's drama or sensitivity to it. I just think she has lots of levels and people pretend she only does one thing, which yeah. was never the case. Yeah. Would I have always loved Gwyneth Paltrow. She she's an honorable mention. Uh-huh. Yeah. She is, I mean, of course, problematic and, you know. Of course, yeah. She will uh, come up with kooky ideas about vaginal health from time to time, mm-hmm. but, you know, forgive and forget. Is she an anti-vaxxer? No. Okay. Then just good good with me. Yeah. <laughs> I just I wanna I wanna be in the goop empire. I think you have to ask nicely. Gwyneth, let me be in the goop empire. Uh-huh. But so wait, what does John Lovett think of the show? He thinks it is perfect. Oh, I see. I said that it got better and he said it was good the whole time. The show didn't change. You changed. Wow. I said the pilot was bad. He said it was not. Is the pos- is it possible I that I didn't he- like the pilot. Oh, really? I didn't like the pilot episode, no. And a then, lot was going on. And yeah. then I also said Infinity Story was bad, too. And then he said, okay, fine. It is my least favorite Zoe Deutsch performance, <laughs> and I am a stan of hers. I will say that. Everything involving Infinity and Jessica Lange's character and the boyfriend River in the show season was, was maddening. Maddening. River was stuck in there to be like, see, he has humanity, but truly nothing else. There's no, there's no other uh, right. levels to that. But I did enjoy, well, I think, you realize why I started loving it more because I loved when it went full on like Sondheim assassins and they were doing the, the musical. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then like them trying to kill Ben Platt. I was like, oh, this is what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. The assassins part felt a little self-indulgent to me in a way to shoehorn some singing into the show, which obviously Ben Platt's a mm-hmm. wonderful singer. Yeah. Or when in the pilot episode when he sang during the funeral. Right. Yes. The funeral the, service. The river. Yes. yes, I actually I began to contrive a list of white excellence and then stopped because it yeah. felt weird. 
Um, <laughs> but I put Joni Mitchell as like my one unassailable uh, white excellent thing. And then I remembered, do you know that there's an album cover where Joni Mitchell is in blackface? Yeah. It's no. called Don Juan's Reckless Daughter. And yes, she's, she's a black man on is the cover. Is it blackface or brownface? Don Juan. I Oh, no. I think it's blackface. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Canadians <laughs> in the 70s, time. you couldn't control them. That's true. I guess if I had to pick someone, have you guys watched Killing Eve? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jodie Comer, I oh, think. What she a definitely slay. gets a white a welcome to, you know, well, she's been in other things, but in the UK, so I don't care. But here, she can definitely be white excellence. That was a good Emmy win, too, when yeah. she Jody won Comer. for that. Well, do you reason. remember in 2016 when the internet discovered that Joni Mitchell in 76 wore blackface at a Halloween party? I feel like we might need to have, and I hate that I'm saying this, maybe a timeline, like a demarcation of when blackface was and wasn't okay. Uh-huh. Maybe? Am I tripping? Oh. Like, I feel like blackface in the 70s was maybe yeah. not as frowned upon societally, so... She stayed in character for most of the evening, apparently, and l- her alter ego was named Art Nouveau, and then he appeared on the cover of her album, Don Juan's Reckless Daughter, the next year. By the way, one of her worst albums, I do have to say. Well, blackface. There you well, are. The theme wasn't there, yeah. <laughs> my keep it this week. I'm choosing to go second. I think Aida should conclude. Um, my keep it is to a very popular clapback on Twitter. It is Cory Booker's response to Tulsi Gabbard attempting to, I guess, ruin Hillary Clinton's life. Tulsi Gabbard, uh, who is... A, a woman who stands at podiums on TV sometimes. I know nothing else. <laughs> she said, great, thank you, Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of warmongers, embodiment of corruption, yada, yada, yada. She goes on and on. And then Cory Booker... It is a tweet thread. Yes. It's like Tulsi... A newsletter. It's a Tulsi newsletter. Tulsi, don't you have some, like... <laughs> don't you have some gay people to try and make straight? People? Right, yeah. By the way, there was a int- very interesting profile about her in the uh, New York Magazine about how she was basically raised in a cult by yes. a single guy. Anyway, very interesting. But Cory Booker responded to this wild tweet thread with just a gif of him staring at Tulsi Gabbard. Can politicians be above responding in gifts? Somebody has got to be. We need to stop all pretending we're, you know, Chrissy Teigen. It's just, we're not. Yeah. You know, it, like this doesn't advance a conversation. And stop pretending that somebody who says extreme things and whose entire, most of Tulsi Gabbard's identity is casting aspersions on more popular candidates. That works for certain people. That's how Donald Trump got elected, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need to do more to dismantle things like that than just responding with a self-consciously cool gif. Lo siento. That was my impersonation of better. <laughs> so a gif of yourself is vain and disgusting. I don't yeah. think that. I don't no, like that. you need to be Mariah in order to pull yeah. that off. You yeah, have to I be have... A, a girl in the, in the pop world. What, Cory Booker? I have definitely never used a gif of myself. But you're Ira. That's different. You're not <laughs> running for president. This is ridiculous. Yet. We'll see. As somebody who has one famous GIF, I have never once used it in response to other people. Never. Do you think mm. he runs his Twitter account? Mm, you're right. It does feel like something a, a saucy intern, intern dreamed up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that said, he's kind of funny. You never know. I yeah. can't wait for the season of Keep It where I'm running for president. Can you believe? That, that'll, that'll, that'll be, be my Keep It every single episode. <laughs> I will just be in a staccato fashion screaming <laughs> Keep It over and over again. Hmm. My greatest trick. Aida my keep it goes to and probably will go to every week until he dies uh, Kanye West oh (laughs) a a motif on this show oh I think my keep it might be a black man disappointing me every single week but keep it to the new Jesus is King or Jesus is the King album first of all overall that he's doing I don't like this new wave of Christian hip hop he's trying to push on us like he's Lecrae or something I don't like it (laughs) he 
So pretty much what happened with Kanye is we've been waiting for his album to drop. It was supposed to drop September 27th, but luckily we got the baby's album, which, Ugh, which I that's a whole other. The baby's whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love the baby. He can do no wrong. If you remember, I'll go back to this Kanye thing in a second, but the baby, I remember seeing him at South by in a diaper running around as a baby. And this was before he kind of had like critical acclaim, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, what is this gimmicky hacky thing? And then now look at him just shining and looking beautiful. But uh, yeah, he was really committed to the baby thing. Okay, backing up. Kanye West is going to make a movie that's only released in IMAX that's based off of the his new spiritual, like the Sunday gospel things he's been doing. Um, just keep it. Don't like it. Don't need it. Don't need it in my life. Don't need Kanye for the most part, but mostly just don't want the album to drop. Don't want to see this movie. And also, I don't think any of it's going to get released. Mm, there's you know, that. The trailer is about a minute long. and I just don't, I feel like that's probably all they have. <laughs> I mean, the, the craziest part of the trailer too is that uh, Charlize Theron looks so much like Kanye in it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Kanye is almost turning into let, hear me out here Prince and that there's going to be like music videos and movies we don't see of his you yeah. know they just go away he just makes them for himself sort of thing mm-hmm. I was well, wondering where you were going with that. I wouldn't <laughs> there's mind no other comparison watching Kanye jump in a lake but not come out of it so that's um, that's fine for me but yeah keep it keep it to the whole Kardashian family honestly everything that's going on over there Kanye is losing it I don't he just doesn't rep black people anymore and hasn't in so long I've just been done with him rise and shine <laughs> yes <laughs> coming wow. to streaming that is 100 episodes of keep it I hope you guys uh, enjoyed some of them it's a I, I always say this when people come up to me in the street and talk about keep it I wish everybody had a job this easy it's so much fun to sit here and routinely I'll say sometimes be correct. Occasionally we do get the wiki facts wrong, and I'm upset at myself when that happens. Yeah. But it's really a pleasure. Aya is the best, and Ira. Arguably, sometimes we get along. Thank you guys for letting me come on the show. I'm very excited. We're gonna. This will be a good outlet to say the wild things that I want to say, but don't. Like well, I guess do. Just too. act like Nick Cannon is around and be a wild and crazy kid. Ew! You flashbacks to being on that show. Oh, being you on were Wild on that. I was on Wild and Out. I forgot. Really? That Earlier you were this Wild year. Earlier this year. And I don't know if I'm allowed to talk poorly about Nick Cannon, but a lot. I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot. So. We'll do that off air. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Shay Serrano for joining us this week. And we will see you next time. Keep It is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. It's Caroline like the princess, the one you don't care about. Our editor is Bill Lance, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadine Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.